Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America, an outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library. Well, as this Christmas season comes to an end and we are looking toward a new year, we just want to say welcome. Welcome to our friends, those of you who listen to Walk With God. Thank you for joining us. And we have one more lesson to share with you before we move into a new season in the new year. But we think of Bethlehem's story, this husband and wife, Mary and Joseph, who walked in obedience. Angels came to Mary and told her she would conceive. How can this be since I don't know a man? The angel came to Joseph and said, it's okay. Take Mary. What she has conceived is of the Holy Spirit. They walked to Bethlehem from Nazareth, and this baby boy was born in an animal stable. Angels announced his birth. Shepherds came to see him wrapped in swaddling cloths. And the sign, you will find a baby laying in a manger. You know, well, I don't know if you remember this, but the passage we're going to talk about today at the end of Luke 2 was read by one of our favorite radio personalities from Moody Radio, Mike Kellogg. And Mike Kellogg read this to a group in Bethlehem. Yeah, we were at at, at a really nice uh, Olivewood shop, but also at a restaurant. And he read this very dramatically, and it was so moving because we were within stone's throws of where this probably occurred, very close to the center of, of, of old Bethlehem. Yeah, and I remember talking to Mike, I was preparing his text and what he needed and getting, uh, just having him ready. I mean, he's got the talent, but um, that voice of Mike Kellogg, but I remember him saying, Brenda, I want to read the end of Luke 2, because so often it gets left out of the Christmas story, and for us, the Bethlehem story. So let's begin in verse 21 in Luke 2. And when eight days had passed before his circumcision, his name was then called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in Mary's womb. You know, Jesus was circumcised, as is the Jewish custom, at eight days. That is how it's prescribed. And he's given the name, Jesus, Yahweh saves. But then Mary and Joseph had to wait until the days of purification. That's the woman who has given birth to a child. There are days that need to pass before they can go to the temple to have her purified. So continuing in 22, when the days for their purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as is written in the law. And every firstborn male that opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord. And we look at Leviticus 12 verses 7 and 8. This is the law for who 
bears a child, whether male or female. This mother, if she cannot afford a lamb, then she shall take two turtle doves or two young pigeons. You know, Jesus' parents, his earthly father, his mother who gave birth to him, they obeyed the Lord. They named him Jesus as the angel had instructed. And when they came to the temple in Jerusalem, their offering was of two birds, not a lamb, because Jesus was born into a poor family. And even as you tell this story, going from Bethlehem up to to Jerusalem to the temple, it's only about six miles. It's not that far away. And yet at the same time, it, it, it... and they're at a time of their life where they have this new little infant baby. They're going there. I, I can't even imagine all the different emotions that are going on with them. This young couple, they arrive at the temple in Jerusalem, and they meet two righteous people who ha- are, have been waiting expectantly for God to fulfill his promises. There was messianic expectation. Luke here is writing to Gentiles, and he gives great attention to the birth of Jesus more than any other gospel writer. Only Luke records the Annunciation to Zacharias and to Mary. Only Luke records the songs, or really these hymns of praise, of both Elizabeth and Mary. And, and Luke wants his readers to recognize the character of those who would give testimony. In the beginning of Luke 1, in verse 6, he's, he's talking about Zacharias and his wife. And as he does this, he says, um, the Bible says, And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in all the commands in the statutes of the Lord. They weren't perfect. But Zacharias and, and his godly wife, Elizabeth, they loved the Lord. And then even as Zacharias is told a, a, a prophecy by the angels, Gabriel, it, it talks about John, his son, is going to be named, and he will be filled with the Spirit even before he's born. And he'll bring back many of the people, Israel, to the Lord their God. These are the people that are giving testimony of Jesus. After Mary interacts with Elizabeth, who's filled with the Holy Spirit and pronounces this blessing on Mary and baby Jesus in a room, Mary praises God that his mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. And he is going to present us infant who will help his servant Israel remembering to be merciful. This this announcing of Mary who is, is, is good with God, Mary who is chosen and highly favored of God. And then continuing on, we find this other witness here at the temple, the first of two. This is verse 25 of Luke chapter 2. And there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, looking for the consolation of Israel, the hope of Israel, the Messiah of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. See his godly character, his righteousness. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ, the Lord's anointed one, the Lord's Messiah. And he came in the Spirit to the temple And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to carry out for him the custom of the law, then he, Simeon, took Jesus in his arms, and he blessed God, and he said this. Now listen to what he says. These words are so just full of meaning. Verse 29, Now, Lord, you are releasing your bondservant. You are releasing me, your doula, Simeon. Now I can depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, 
Jesus. His name means Yahweh saves. I've seen the one that's coming to save, which you have prepared in the presence of all the people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. You know, Simeon had been told he would not die until he saw the promised one, the Messiah. And now Simeon could depart in peace. He could die in peace. Because peace is being stressed here. Peace on earth because Messiah is here. Peace between men can be possible. Peace between man and God can be possible. And it shouldn't surprise us because in Zacharias' prophecy in Luke chapter 1, at the begin, at the end of Luke chapter 1, he says, because of the tender mercies of our God with which the sunrise from on high shall visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness, a reference back to Isaiah, and the shadow of death to guide our feet onto the way of peace. Luke wants us to know that, that this little infant is going to bring about the possibility of peace with God. And Simeon says, my eyes have seen your salvation, a possibility for peace between sinners and a holy and righteous God for all people. To the Gentiles, a light of revelation. And back in Psalm 98, verse 3, we're reminded that God has remembered his loving kindness and his faithfulness to the house of Israel, to all of the ends of the earth, that they have seen the salvation of our God. You know, Isaiah 49, 6 says that Israel has light, but it needs restoration, while the Gentiles need both light and salvation or restoration or redemption. And even in the midst of all this, this idea of peace, this idea of light coming, Jesus says in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life and peace and peace. Yeah, and as you're sharing that, Walt, I'm just thinking of of Jesus. His ministry now is going to be several decades down the road, but he will be declaring, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you will not walk in darkness. And as his earthly father and mother come into the temple in Jerusalem, they meet this devout um, devoted man, Simeon, and he has this pronouncement. And the scriptures tell us they were amazed at the things being said about him. Amazed. Here it is used again. And and even as I reflected on verse 33 here in Luke 2, his mother, his father were amazed at the things were, that were being said about him. Think about, I mean, back before he was conceived in Mary's womb, each of them talked with angels, right? They had, right. you know, they'd had, she'd gone and visited Elizabeth. Elizabeth, the infant in her womb, leapt with joy and all of the pronouncements. And now months and months later, after the shepherds have come and they've told, oh, the angels told us to come and look for a baby laying in a manger. Here are his parents amazed at the things being said about him months they're still they're still amazed and and that's a reminder to us when god's at work it's amazing right yeah and 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 again this is going back months and months nine months this is going back to the promises made to zacharias and elizabeth these are the promises made to mary a virgin birth what is this this is amazing this has never happened before and it will never happen again it's no surprise that they were amazed because all of this is amazing yeah 
And to me, I don't know, this just is really grabbing me for a head to heart right now. When God's at work around us, when he's doing his good deeds and his amazing work, am I in awe, awe of the mighty God of the entire universe, the one who is holy and righteous and just? Well, when we look at verse 34 here in Luke 2, Simeon blessed them and he said to Mary, his mother, behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rise of many in Israel and for a sign to be opposed and a sword will pierce even your own soul. Speaking this to Mary, Jesus' mother, to the end that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. You know, there were two people in the temple in Jerusalem this day when they came for the time of purification and they gave testimony about the significance of Jesus' life. We've just looked at Simeon and now we'll look at the prophetess named Anna. And just beginning reading in in verse 36 of Luke chapter 2, there was a prophetess, her name was Anna, and she was the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage, and then she had lived as a widow to the age of 84. She never left the temple serving night and day with fasting and prayers. See the character of this woman, this elderly woman who for years has been widowed. She serves the the Lord there in the temple, and she's caring for others. She's praying for others. At that very moment, she came up. And I have to imagine the people all around the temple, those regulars, they knew who this woman is. They knew who Simeon was. They knew of their devotion. At that very moment, she came up and she began to give thanks to God. And she continued to speak of him to all of those who were looking for the redemption of Jerusalem. And there, Jerusalem is, is used to represent all of the nation, but really we've all been also been told that this is a light to the Gentiles, that, that this redemption is going to kind of come forth from Jerusalem because that's where the redemption price will be paid in a little over 30 years. Jesus will on the cross pay the price for the redemption of all of us from our sin. And again, notice the character. She was devoted. She was devout. She she had given her whole life to the Lord, serving day and night with fasting and prayer. A faithful woman who experienced hardship in her life, been widowed at probably a very young age. And then she lived for decades and decades and dedicated her days and her months and her years and her decades to serving the Lord. And in these three short verses, um, a head to heart comes to me. This, this is from 2,000 years ago. This is all we know about this Anna. And, and do these verses challenge you about this woman, this widowed woman? Um, because I sure feel challenged as I read through and reflect on her life and then ask, when I'm grieving or disappointed, when, when I feel lonely, or I'm struggling with trials in my life, because she had to, as a widow, at times felt super lonely. Do I turn to the Lord? Am I devoted to him? Anna was a woman devoted to a life of fasting and prayer. And according to the world standard, she probably was very poor. 
she had no standing in society. Widowed women and no children are mentioned. This this is a really sad state of affairs. There, there isn't a, a government uh, supporting her. And yet, as soon as she saw this infant Jesus, she began giving thanks to God. She began to just praise the Lord, something that was very regular for her to do. For here is the redemption of Jerusalem. So how do you live your life? How do I live my life? Whether you have much or whether you have little, do you serve others? Are you focused on the Lord? Her life of fasting and prayer allowed her to be focused on serving others and worshiping the Lord. What a great model for each of us to observe and follow as we begin this year. And just even I would pray, Lord, set our eyes on Jesus in this new year in ways that are more profound than have been in our life in the past. May we be people of fasting and prayer. Maybe using our gifts and our talents and our abilities to serve others. May that be true of us more in this new year than it has been in any year of our lives before. I pray in Christ's name. And Lord, I just also join Walt in prayer that we wait expectantly for the Lord. We know he's working out his purpose and his will for each of us. We look to him. We place our trust in him. Jesus is the light of the world. And Father, I just ask now that For each of us, as we're considering these verses in Luke 2, and we're considering these two people who were devoted to you, to serving you, but then also serving others for the ultimate glory of our Heavenly Father. Lord, we thank you for Jesus. Yahweh saves. You offer salvation for all people. And so, Lord, would you guide our feet unto the way of peace as we walk into this new year and direct each of us as we continue to walk with God. Amen. Thank you for joining us as we walk with God. This is Brenda McCord. Walt and I are thankful for this opportunity to participate with the Awakening in America and outreach of the Himmelreich Memorial Christian Library.